Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Valerie Burton. Valerie is an experienced coach, an accomplished author, and the founder of the Coaching and Positive Psychology Institute, which trains and certifies coaches worldwide. Today, she'll be discussing the power of coaching, advice rooted in positive psychology research, and we'll talk about her book, It's About Time. So lean in, leaders, and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail podcast, where we talk about the art of leadership. Leadership is an art, and we want to keep getting better. As always, we have amazing guests today. We have none other than Valerie Burton sharing some time with us. We are privileged and honored to have you, Valerie, as a guest on the Avail podcast. How does it feel to be here? It feels very good, Virgil. I can't wait for this conversation. <laughs> hey, we get we try to dig deep. We try to talk leadership. We try to talk practical. We try to talk relevant uh, things that are going to help us on the journey. I have no doubt in my mind and in my heart that this conversation is going to help a lot of leaders, pastors, ministry leaders, Christians that are leaders in the marketplace. So uh, before we jump into the conversation, uh, can you share a little bit about your story? Sure. Um, I uh, really started out in, in, my, um, in my work journey uh, in communication and uh, in PR with my own public relations firm and began wondering what I was here for and praying about it. Um, God, what do you have for me to do? And it, it took a couple of years, but I know it was the Holy Spirit one day, hmm. many years ago. I don't know if I should tell you how many. <laughs> And I heard you are supposed to inspire others to live more fulfilling lives. You'll do it through writing and speaking. And I started writing almost immediately, like within a few weeks. Wow. Uh, it's like the words were flowing from the tip of my pen uh, with that first book. Uh, I published it myself with the goal of getting a big publisher. And sure enough, I feel like God just delivered the publisher to me about seven months later. I uh, got a book deal with Random House. That was 2000. And I've been writing ever since. I've written 13 books on personal and spiritual growth. Um, I founded the Coaching and Positive Psychology Institute. So at this point, mm. we, we've trained coaches from every state in about 26 countries around the world. Um, and along that journey, God has just shown me a lot of uh, grace Um to apply what I do, which is using coaching and positive psychology research to help people be happier, healthier, and more resilient. And, uh, and so it's been quite the journey, uh, but I love particularly applying it to leadership. Yeah. Um, cause I think there's a, an extra measure of, um, responsibility that we have as leaders, um, because of the impact that we make and, and the way that people are looking at us, uh, to reflect how to show up uh, in the world. That's a little extra pressure, I think, <laughs> that's on leaders. It is, it is. And, and I love you. I love, I love your voice. I think, I think you're, you're, a, you're such a special leader because uh, as a, as a, as a woman who's a strong leader, as a, as a, as a person who has a calling by God, uh, and, and, you know, even, even learning a little bit more about you and, and reading a little bit about how God has used you to this point, I can't even imagine what he has to come. 
that excites me. So let's talk. Let's talk. I want to talk a little bit of coaching because I know this is something that you've been wired for and also training coaches. I want to talk a little bit about the whole concept of positive psychology, uh, which I think is extremely interesting. Um, I know we're going to tap into your your book. I know you have many books, but specifically, it's about time. Uh, the art of choosing the meaningful over the urgent. We'll get to that in a second. Let's let's start off with coaching. I think I think something that's valuable for us as leaders is understanding the the heart and the concept of coaching. I think a lot of leaders we might be even better if we open the door to coaching in our lives. Uh, mm-hmm. But then understanding just the concept and the heart. Talk to us. How did you get started in coaching, and and why do you think it's so important for leaders? Well, you know what really happened with me is I, um, you know, I. I I heard, I had that calling, right? And I began writing and I began speaking and I thought, okay, I'm not, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm, I'm not a social <laughs> worker. Like, and I was, I was 20 something. Um, and you know, what, what is it that I do? What is this profession? You know, I, I had a background in journalism, you know, that's what I went to grad school for the first time. So I'm like, I can write and I can speak, but I don't like just being called a writer and a speaker. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I I stumbled on coaching. Uh, I had a I had a literary agent who had a client who was a coach, and I was like, "This is interesting." But to wow. be honest with you, Virgil, I didn't take it seriously. I was like, "What yeah. is this? Like some made up profession? Like what? What is this?" <laughs> and um, I remember going to my first coach training event and feeling like, "Oh, these are my people." Yep. I realized it was the one-on-one of what I was writing and speaking about. Coaching is really helping people move from where they are to where they really want to be and to navigate the challenges and the opportunities that appear along the way. Mm-hmm. So it's very distinct from, say, a counseling or therapy, which often is looking back, trying to help you heal from the past so that you can move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as I discovered it, I realized this is pretty this is pretty powerful. Um, it was powerful in my own life, um, but it was such a powerful tool to help people stop and reflect and to not see problems as just obstacles, but to actually see them as an opportunity to grow uh, and a coaching opportunity. So that's that's how I stumbled into coaching. And as I saw it, not only working in my own life, but working in the lives of people I was working with, my belief in how much uh, of a tool it is. I think everyone can use a coach, you know, as long mm-hmm. as they're mentally healthy. I think kids can use coaches. I think adults yeah. of all types can use a coach. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think I think everybody has a different perspective depending on their upbringing, what experience they've had, if they've ever had, you know, any kind of coach. I growing up, I played sports, and and I, you know, the concept of coaching for me connects a lot with sports. Yeah. But I might not make the connection to life because okay, I need a coach to help me how to kick the ball for soccer or you know how to mm-hmm. bat in baseball. Um, but there's so many things in life, including leadership, by the way, that uh, that there's so much to learn. And, yeah. uh, and I appreciate uh, something you said as we were preparing. Um, you, you mentioned the importance of receiving coaching, but then also learning the art of coaching ourselves. Yes. Can you tap into that a little bit? Yeah. You know, I feel strongly, um, particularly for the church, you know, people come to church because they're seeking an answer for how to make a change. Mm how to deal with challenges, how to build their relationships, serve their families better. Hmm. 
They're going to the Bible looking for answers. I think coaching has great application for the church because it's very practical. Yeah. Um, And sometimes I think the church is losing people because there are a lot of practical things out there that might not line up biblically. Um, But if, if our churches were doing more of that coaching approach, you know, the thought provoking, the uh, helping people have practical action steps. Mm -hmm. I think that's really, really powerful. How do I apply this word? to my life specifically. Um, but I, I think also it's it's important for leaders to know how to coach because when I'm coaching someone, when anyone's coaching, a, a lot of what you're doing, it's not all you're doing, but a lot of what you're doing is asking questions and really listening. Mm-hmm. And the research shows us that when a person really feels heard, that actually spurs them to aha moments. It's almost like, oh, somebody's really listening. They start talking more. <laughs> As they start talking more and they have that sounding board, which is a part of what coaching provides, they start hearing themselves and the answers start coming more easily. I think a lot of times leaders and particularly pastors feel that pressure to have all the answers, (laughs) right? When you start asking people questions and you trust that they know, they know, they're bigger experts on their life than anybody else because they're living Mm -hmm. their life. You're empowering people to develop and to grow. You're actually building their confidence as you're asking questions going, no, you you know more than you're giving yourself credit for mm-hmm. if you're honest about your answers. So I really believe that leaders in particular, rather than giving all the answers, have got to embrace the idea that others around them have answers and contributions that are worthy of being heard. And so when you see yourself, not just as the person with the answers, but the person that maybe has the questions that your team needs to answer, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful questions. You know, I, I have, I've been learning on my journey as well, you know, with the concept of coaching that, that I have to resist that tendency and temptation to try to answer and to really help nav- help people navigate that journey, as you were saying earlier, I think there's something beautiful about that. Um, and I think I think it is biblical. We might not see it in the word. We might not see the New Testament saying, "And Jesus coached the disciples," right? But that's what he was doing. He <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> you know, when I think of um, Peter getting out of the boat and then losing his faith, and and God asking him what he's afraid of, right? That's a coaching question. All of us have fear, hmm. right? We might, we might hear people talk about being fearless. Fearlessness is not biblical. <laughs> the Bible talks over and over again. Be strong and courageous, right? For the Lord yeah. your God is with you wherever you go. You know, no, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean you don't feel fear. Spirit of fear is you're operating in fear. You're making just your right. decisions based on fear. Um, but God wouldn't call us to be courageous if he didn't know already, we're going to face fear. Yeah. And so that question, what are you afraid of, is an important one to answer because oftentimes when we answer it, rather than just going, I feel afraid, I'm going to stop. We go, what am, what am I afraid of? Oh, well, maybe I'm afraid of what other people are going to think or maybe mm-hmm. I'm afraid of fail. Okay, and then what if that happens? What if, what if you're wrong, Peter, and you are about to sink? What then? And Peter goes, oh, well, Jesus is right here. I guess I'm going to have to trust him. Oh, 
And then there's your answer. That's usually the answer for most of us, right? Mm. And so by pushing through and asking those kinds of questions, you realize, oh, maybe God's trying to grow me here. Maybe there's an opportunity for me as a leader to close a growth gap that I haven't closed before. Yeah. So that's where I believe the coaching is so powerful for leaders. Yeah, very true. Now, now the Lord put in your heart to start the CAP Institute, mm -hmm. uh, Coaching and Positive Psychology Institute. Can you can you just unpack a little bit for those who are hearing this term and don't understand it, uh, positive <laughs> psychology, and then also you know just your heart behind because it's coaching and positive psychology. A little bit about CAP. Yeah, so I started coaching and my, you know, my foundation was always, you know, faith-based as I was writing my books and so forth. Um, coaching had become, you know, this is the early 2000s, so we're hearing more and more about it, but it was still, at that point, it was only about a decade old. And I thought, is there any research to back up what we're talking about here? Hmm. And so I discovered uh, positive psychology. Traditional psychology tends to focus on fixing problems. That's important, fixing what's mm -hmm. wrong with us. Yeah. But positive psychology is the study of what happens when things go right with us. Come on, that's great. And I thought, this is what I'm interested in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not called to just being mired in problems. And some people are, and thank God for those people. But yeah. I knew I'm not a counselor, I'm not a therapist, but I want to understand the research behind this. So it's the study of things like happiness, what enables it and uh, what happens when you tap into your strengths and what causes us to be more resilient and what exactly happens when you express gratitude or <laughs> choose to serve other people. Um, the most exciting thing, I went back to grad school to study it at the University of Pennsylvania. And one of the things I was probably the thing I was most excited about as I was learning from the best re researchers around the world is I would look at a piece of research and I'd go, well, I know the scripture that backs that up. <laughs> and realized, of course the research proves out what we know from all that ancient wisdom in scripture. Um, so what I wanted really was coaching to have an academic foundation. And so when I went to grad school, the CAP Institute was a part of my uh, my vision is to train coaches <laughs> and for those coaches to have this understanding of the research that really helps people to be able to thrive. I love that, man. I love that. What, talk to us about CAP. Who, who, who is it for? Who, who would be a good candidate? Uh, if somebody's listening or watching this right now, can they sign up for, for CAP? Oh, absolutely. So we, uh, we launched, the CAP Institute in 2010 was our first coach training intensive. And from the very first one, we always had um, leaders, particularly uh, Christian leaders, uh, pastors, but also a lot of corporate executives, people in um, HR, people in positions of leadership, quite a few people in the helping professions like psychology and uh, therapy, um, business owners. Um, so, Anyone who, number one, may be wanting to start the coaching, maybe they want to coach mm -hmm. internally within an organization, um, within a ministry, um, or they may want to have a coaching practice of their own, but also those who want to gain those coaching skills. So what we do is we have a three-day coach training intensive, 
And those who realize, hey, yeah, after the coach training intensive, this is for me and they want to be certified. We have a certified personal and executive coach program. So all of this is virtual. The certified personal executive coach program is six months. It's all live uh, virtual. We have an amazing training team. Um, and it's all uh, accredited, our programs, by the International Coaching Federation. So we've aligned it and held ourselves accountable to the largest worldwide body of coaches um, mm. so that we know we're lining up with those core coaching competencies. So it's been it's been quite a journey, and I love it. Our, our graduates are fascinating. We've had from pastors to neuroscientists to uh, CEOs and HR directors, um, military, you know, so much uh, has gone on in the military around building resilience, um, teachers, uh, doctors. I mean, it's just we've had surgeons go through our program because, you know, coaching has a lot of application in healthcare. Yeah. You're trying to get people to change their behavior to prevent mm. problems. Um, so as you can see, I'm very passionate. <laughs> about coaching uh, and and being able to have all of these coaches from all over the world at this point. I think I think we have, I think Antarctica might be the only continent we haven't trained <laughs> from at this point. I was trying to think, I'm like, no, it's been, it's been all the continent. So it's, it's, it's been a real joy. And um, I love seeing how people's lives are transformed. Uh, through coaching. Often people go through coach training thinking, I'm going to help other people transform their lives. But in the process, they're transformed uh, from these tools. That's cool. Bef before we jump into, I want to talk a little bit about, about your book. It's about time. But before we do that, just to kind of close this this uh, portion off, um, what, what makes CAP Institute stand out when comparing it to maybe other, you know, there's, there's other coaching programs and, you know, out there, what would you say makes, makes coaching and positive psychology Institute cap Institute stand out uh, as far as you're concerned? I think one, it is our commitment to um, helping people understand the research behind coaching, but also giving them a very practical um coaching framework. People start coaching on the very first day of our coach training mm. um, because we have a framework that helps them understand how the coaching conversation needs to go and gives them the confidence to do it because they know where they are at any point. Client doesn't need to know or who their coaching doesn't sure. need to know. So we make it very practical. But the third thing we do is, is um, business development. And so a lot of programs are teaching people how to coach, but they're not talking about how to help people understand the value of coaching, how to actually mm. build practice. I didn't believe it was in good integrity to teach people how to coach and not teach them how to thrive as a coach. Um, because for the most part, most coaches coach independently. Mm -hmm. um, so there are very, there's, there's really not a program like ours. I know everybody that's a, you know, <laughs> that's up a program would say that, but there's not. And the reason I know that is because of the number of people who come to our program, who've been through other programs. Sure. And, and the feedback that they're, that they're giving us, particularly around our coaching framework and then around the passion that they see from everybody who's a part of our team. Um, because we want to see people succeed and we feel so passionate uh, about doing coaching and doing it right. Yeah, that's good. We'll, we'll share a little bit more uh, where people can go. 
actually, let's share it now. Where, where's a good website for CAP? If people want more information about CAP. Go to capinstitute.com and it's C-A-P-P, coaching and positive psychology is what that stands for. Um, and if you have an interest in coaching, you'll notice there on the website, there's a four-part podcast series specifically for people who are thinking about coaching, cool. whether you're, you're kind of skeptical about the idea or you're trying to figure out how to choose a coach training program. There's four different episodes around these uh, FAQs, these questions that come up most often. And I think you'll find that super helpful. And then, of course, you can find out about the um, we do the coach training intensive four times a year, once a quarter. And then our certification starts twice a year, July and January. Uh, so, yeah, and if you have questions, we'd love to be able to answer those for you. Are you following Avail on social media? If you answered no, what are you waiting for? You can enjoy encouraging content, get updates on all our latest resources, and connect with leaders just like you, all from the comfort of your couch. There's no better account to visit in between appointments or over morning coffee. If you haven't found us on Instagram and Facebook yet, look up The Art of Avail and click follow. We can't wait to see you there. That's great. You guys heard it. Capinstitute.com. C-A-P-P Institute. All right. I want to talk, I want to talk for the rest of the portion of, uh, of this conversation. I want to talk about your book. It's about time. The art of choosing the meaningful over the urgent. This is huge in life, especially for leaders, ministry leaders, pastors, you know, marketplace leaders. Talk to us a little bit about, about your book. It's about time. Yeah. So leaders in particular tend to find themselves in a quandary, right? <laughs> the more you lead, the more opportunities are coming your way, the more people need you to make decisions, et cetera. Um, and time can start to feel um, like it's slipping away. Mm. Um, I was um, in, you know, in running my business and speaking all over the place. I was in something called time poverty and I didn't even know it. Wow. Um, just not, and this really resonated with me when I first discovered the term in part because, it, you know, kind of talking about this idea of time debt and I'm so anti-debt and I had worked so hard to not be in debt that the idea that I was in a different kind of debt bothered me. And I was like, I've got to work my way out of this. Um, and so I decided to write the book and my husband and I began doing experiments with time. Um, he happily joined me in the journey at the time. Jeff was a commercial pilot, which he was a commercial pilot for 20 years. And we did things like um, one of the things we did was to make sure that we did our calendar a year in advance. So we were planning out vacations and different things that we were going to do. I was like, oh, we hadn't done it that way before, but that was really insightful. Uh, Jeff came up with the idea of a time chart where we actually began to chart our time. How are we spending it? And it was eye-opening. Mm. One of the biggest things we discovered is that Jeff was spending 47% of his time away from home flying. Because wow. flying is one of those professions. You can't do it from home. You can't mm -hmm. do it from the office. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you gotta go. Um, and that led to a, a series of experiments with him scaling back. And then eventually, um, by the time the book came out, Jeff uh, had left out of commercial flying to train pilots. He trains pilots on the Lear 45 jet. So he's been home uh, every day since. It's been a few mm -hmm. years now. Um, so 
what I really discovered is that a lot of us are using our time for what I call false urgencies, mm -hmm. things that feel urgent because they're designed to feel urgent and we end up missing out on what is meaningful. Um, and there are a lot of different reasons for that, but we have to get clarity about what is meaningful in our lives and be very intentional about eliminating the distractions and the false urgencies that threaten to steal our time. Ultimately, we need to be coaching ourselves with this question when making mm. decisions about our time. Looking back 10 years from now, what will you wish you had done? Mm. When we use the benefit of hindsight by stepping into our future self, you know, it's 10 years down the road, I'm looking back, what will I wish I had done with my kids with my spouse or family members? What will I wish I had done in my career? What will I wish I had done when it comes to my health or my money? <laughs> and whatever your answer to that question, that's your answer. That's what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. You should be doing the things that are timeless, meaning it doesn't just matter right now in this moment, but it matters a week from now, a year from now, 20 years down the road. And that takes pausing and being intentional because the world we're living in right now is bombarding us with a lot of false urgencies that generally are meaningless and not meaningful. This is huge. I, I think we need to stay here for a moment. Um, how have you seen in your experience and in coaching and, and even with leaders, how have you seen people being negatively affected by not by choosing the urgent over the meaningful uh, mm -hmm. from your experience. What are some of the adverse um, situations, negative results um, in, in not paying attention to this specifically time? Paying attention. Marriages falling apart. Kids not getting the attention they need and deserve from their parents. Mm. Um being in the wrong career, <laughs> not slowing wow. down to say, God's, God's leading me to do something else. I tell a story in the book from a dear friend of mine as I was writing the book, and it, it, it really illustrates the point. She was at the time doing extremely well in, in uh, her career, as a media career. She's doing sales and it, she was top tops at it. And she had gone through divorce, was raising her three kids alone, doing so successfully. Um, her parents lived close by and helped a lot. And so her dad would come over in the afternoon. He'd pick the kids up, come to the house. When she got off work, her dad was there. I mean, just tremendous blessing. And this particular day, she got home. One of the things her dad would do once a week is clean out the pool. But she noticed when she got home, he was sitting down outside with the scooper cleaning out the pool. And that was unusual. And so she went out and said, Dad, what's going on? He said, I just don't feel quite right. Well, turns out, unbeknownst to him, at the time he'd had a heart attack. Wow. They uh, figured it out, took him to the hospital, and they said he needed, I think it was double bypass surgery mm. the next day. She's leading big teams. 
she didn't even think twice about it. Yeah, I'm going to go when dad has the surgery, but I do have a meeting first thing in the morning. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop the kids off and go to the meeting. Meeting will be over in an hour. I should be able to get to the hospital by 930 before the surgery starts. Mm. Well, the meeting went over by about 15 minutes. She hopped in the car. It wasn't far to the hospital, but when she got to the hospital, by the time she got to the hospital through traffic, she was about five minutes too late. They'd already taken him back to surgery. She's sitting there with her mom and her brother. And she notices out of the corner of her eye, even though her mom and her brother and a couple friends are talking, that she sees this blue light flashing. She sees people kind of walking around. And mm. she just knew something in the pit of her stomach. And you know where this story is going. Mm-hmm. Her father, even though they tried to revive him, passed away and she missed the last opportunity to see her father alive mm. for a meeting that could have gone on without her. It's heartbreaking every time I think of it because it's somebody I really care about, mm. but how often do we not pause to say, is, is, is this really the priority? Or is it, do I have to squeeze one more thing in here in between all the other stuff I have to do? Or could I give this my full attention and put this other thing off or delegate or, or just say, hey, guys, I'd, I'd like to be there. I can't do this. So if we think back on some of the decisions that we've made over time, decisions that maybe later we would regret a lot of them have to do with whether we asked ourselves and coached ourselves with the question, is this meaningful or is this just a false urgency? (laughs) The meeting that's just a false urgency, the text in the middle of a conversation that's important, but you decided to pick up your phone because it buzzed, Mm -hmm. but the person in front of you is more important. The game that you were playing on your phone or the social media that you were scrolling when you needed to be listening to whoever it was, mm-hmm. or you need to be doing something. Maybe it was just playing with your kids. But too often, because there's so there's so many demands and we, we weren't really created for the amount of demands that we have today. And so we have to be vigilant and prayerful on an everyday basis. God, show me what the priorities really are. Show me what's meaningful. Show me what I need to be doing, what I need to say no to so that I can say yes to the things that really, really matter. Yeah, that's a, that's, this is real life. <laughs> and, and uh, I, I find myself as I'm leading, I find myself uh, all the time realizing, man, I think I just put something in a place of priority that wasn't the right one. Um, and constantly having to assess and talk about it with my, my wife, seeing my kids grow up and realizing how many summers we have left with them each one at a different age. I mean, all that makes you, makes you think, um, from, from, you know, from the wisdom that God gave you from that book, um, what are some tips, uh, to, to get better at this art of choosing the meaningful over the urgent? Cause it's not something that it, it's definitely not easy and it's yeah. not always, we haven't been taught this. Um, what are, what are maybe some, some practical tips or thoughts that might help us as we're stewarding our time? And, and and really want to make the best choices of the meaningful over the urgent. Yeah. So one is just to pray to be more wise about how you spend your time. 
because <laughs> I really believe that when you do that, I mean, was it James 1.5? You know, if you're lacking wisdom, ask God. He'll give it to you. Yes. So I think asking for that wisdom with your time is so important. I think also um, something I talk about in It's About Time is having a temperament to experiment. Okay. So experiment with doing some something in a different way, something that feels like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't say no to that. I've got to keep saying yes. I can't. Yes, you can. How about trying this week? <laughs> How about do it differently this week? How about give up that particular responsibility this week and give it to somebody else and see how that goes? And then you get to the end of that that period of experimenting and you look back and you go, what worked? What didn't work? What do I want to keep? What could I tweak? What could I experiment with next? So experimenting with new ways of doing things, I think, is very, very powerful. I think also a lot of particularly leaders, okay, Optimism is a predictor of success, okay? And in leadership, it's not negotiable. This is what the research shows. Okay, okay. nobody wants a pessimistic leader. <laughs> right, right. However, if you're overly optimistic about time, okay, it's called time optimism or TIDS optimism, you're one of those people, you're, you're chronically late to stuff. You're probably late the same amount of time. You underestimate how long it's going to take you to do stuff, whether it's how long it's going to take a, a particular project to come together, how long it's going to take to put that sermon together, you know, how long, whatever it is, it's going to take. So if you are a time optimist, one, become aware that you're a time optimist, you know, you <laughs> I only need 30 minutes to get ready. No, you don't. You need an hour and 15 minutes, <laughs> right? So start pulling on a little bit of that, that pessimism, like literally say, how can I give myself a bit more cushion so that I'm not so pressured for time all the time, hmm. right? So those are a few of the kind of just very simple ways that we can go about trying some new things. And then the question I gave you, coach yourself. Is it meaningful or is it urgent? Sometimes there are things, mm -hmm. Virgil, that feel cumbersome. Maybe we're overwhelmed already and we're like, I, I'm not going to do that. It could, be, it could be a party that you don't feel like going to. Mm -hmm. But it's somebody you've known for years and it's a milestone for them. And so if you ask, is this meaningful or is it urgent? That actually is meaningful. So what might you need to shift around so that you have the energy to show up in the way you want to show up in mm. your relationship? So coaching yourself with that question, because sometimes the things we go, oh, that just feels urgent. It actually is meaningful. And sometimes the stuff that we think is meaningful, maybe it really is a false urgency. But if we don't stop and check in with ourselves and ask, we won't actually get to the right answer. So checking in, pausing, you don't have to respond to requests right away. Let me think about that. I told somebody just today, I hate saying no. People ask me to do stuff all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> but I can't. With the commitments I have and the way I want to be here for my family and the commitments I've made in my business, I actually, I, I, I can't do that. And people understand. The people who care about you understand. The people that have a lot going on in their own lives will understand. And what's more important is that you're doing what you're, feeling led that God's telling you to do. And sometimes in order to do that, you've got to say no to other people in order to say yes to God. This is so good. I think everything you just shared right now, um, prayer, God, give me wisdom. Uh, 
embracing a temperament of experiment, experimenting, doing something a little different, coaching yourself, checking in and pausing. This is all practical stuff, leaders. You can put in action. I felt, Valerie, I don't know if I'm wrong, but I felt like you were looking at me really strongly when you were talking about <laughs> time optimists. Why did you why did you open up your eyes and make me <laughs> I think you feel convicted, Virgil, but maybe it's just because I'm a time optimist and this is one I've worked through myself. <laughs> I'm not liking this conversation as much as I liked it before. All right, just kidding. This is good. This is good. I'm evaluating. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. I'm, I'm a time optimist. I got to work on that. I'm a work in progress. Pray for me. Pray for me, Valerie. Um, this is good. Hey, I, this has been awesome. Uh, I want to help our our Avail audience be able to connect with you. What are some of the best ways they can find you online, Valerie? Well, they can find me at ValerieBurton.com. And there they can find some really great free resources and just Mm. other information that they they might like to find out. And then also on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Valerie Burton. And Valerie is spelled like Valor, V-A-L-O-R-I-E, Burton. Uh, so they can connect with me in both of those places. And of course, as I mentioned before, capinstitute.com. Very good, everybody. ValerieBurton.com, cap, C-A-P-P, institute.com. And you can find Valerie on social media. I got some work to do. You've given me some homework, Valerie. Also <laughs> the book, you guys can look for the book. It's about time by Valerie Burton. Uh, wherever books are sold, you can also find it on her website and all that information. Um, all right. So Vi, I want to, I want to uh, mention really quick people. We always say at avail that resources are important as a leader. This is a great book leader. Uh, in fact, it might be a good book for you to get for your staff team, you know, or for leaders that you're mentoring or coaching as well. Uh, it's about time by Valerie Burton. I'm, I'm, I'm also going to mention the avail journal. I have one here. I have them all behind me. We have a quarterly leadership journal, Christian leadership journal that comes out uh, four times throughout the year. If you don't currently get it, first year is on us. We want to gift it to you. Availjournal.com. Availjournal.com. Would you agree, Valerie, that having resources for your leadership helps your journey? Absolutely. We cannot go it alone. And the self-reflection journaling, that type of thing is so powerful for those aha moments. Sometimes that's how God speaks to us. 100%. Again, if you want to get the Avail Christian Leadership Journal magazine, availjournal.com. First year is on us. All right, Valerie, let's close things off. Just, I want you to leave our Avail audience with something in their hearts. What's a final thought, nugget, or encouragement you want to leave with us? Uh, I think sometimes we can feel the pressure and the weight of our goals, of you know our calling, of what's my purpose, my vision, and we can get so caught up in that that we're just we're just running and racing, and sometimes we forget. What am I here for? I want to encourage you as much as possible to slow down, to remember that God has you here for a reason. And your purpose answers a simple question. How are people's lives better because they cross paths with you? Mm. If you allow that purpose to be a compass, it's powerful. I mean, even Jesus himself had a mission statement in John 10, 10, I've come that they might have life Mm. more abundantly. And so whatever is going on in your life, if you can come back to, here's what I'm here for. Here's Maybe there's a divine assignment in that challenge you're going through right now. So when you take the focus off of what's going on with you and you remember 
that God has you here to serve in a particular way, oftentimes it shifts your whole perspective. Mm. The joy comes back, you can breathe, and you can get more intentional about doing the things that are meaningful versus the things that just feel urgent. Wonderful. Valerie Burton, everybody, drop the mic, boom. (laughs) This has been awesome. Valerie, I just want to take a moment on behalf of our Avail leadership team, Dr. Sam Chand, Martin Van Tilburg, everybody who's behind the scenes here at Avail. We just want to tell you we're so proud of you. We're thankful for your life, uh, and we honor you for your leadership, for your courage, and for uh, helping so many people. You, You really are a blessing. Oh, thank you so very much. I am praying for you all's continued impact and reach, and I really appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation. Yes. Muy bueno. Very good. Hey, everybody. I hope you've been encouraged by this conversation. Man, Valerie is, she's just the bomb.com. Check it out, ValerieBird.com. Check out CAP, C-A-P-P Institute.com. Check out her books. She's got a lot of great books. We talked about, it's about time today. Um, this is a great place to learn. Uh, Valerie Burton. Thank you, Valerie, for being with us. And for all of you, Avail audience, thanks for leading in to listen, watch, or both. As we do every week, we come out with a new podcast talking about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, aka Iglesia Vertical here in South Florida, your host here on the Avail podcast. Can't wait to see you guys next time, right here on the Avail podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail podcast with our guest, Valerie Burton. You can find out more about Valerie at ValerieBurton.com and at CAP, C-A-P-P, Institute.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at TheArtOfLeadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at AvailJournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail podcast host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail podcast. 